0: Good morning from WKYT News, I'm Bill Bryant, and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers and hope you're enjoying your weekend. Today, two different perspectives on the recently concluded session of the Kentucky General Assembly. Later, Democratic State Senator Reggie Thomas of Lexington will be here, but first, Republican House Speaker Pro Tem David Mead of Stanford is joining us. An historic surplus gave the legislature the ability to invest in raises, projects, higher education, and some new initiatives. Republican lawmakers also pushed through a conservative social agenda, including some of the tightest abortion restrictions in the country. Our first guest, Representative Meade, also pushed for some tight rules on those on public assistance. He didn't get all he wanted. Speaker Pro Tem Mead is joining us today, and we welcome you. Thanks for being here. Pre- appreciate it very much. Well, thank you for having me, Bill. How do you describe the recently concluded session of the legislature? Uh, the governor has said there were missed opportunities. Republicans have said a lot
1: was done. Do you think uh, this session moved Kentucky forward? I think it did. I mean, you look at what we did, I think it was a very highly successful session. Uh, probably one of the most productive that I've seen and uh, probably the most productive in generations. I mean, we, we passed a $31 billion budget. We did tax modernization, which is going to put more money back in the pockets of Kentuckians. We did massive investments in inf- infrastructure to make our roads and bridges better. We did unemployment reinsurance reform. We did public assistance reform, pro-life legislation election security and transparency uh, and made churches essential services on top of all that. So we did. We, there was a very productive session for us.
0: Let's talk about the tax reform. You, you have paved the way to eventually do away with the state income tax, although uh, it will take years, and it's 40% of the, of the state's revenue right now. Uh, are GOP lawmakers confident that the economy will be strong enough that you can uh, stay on schedule uh, WITH the SUN SETTING uh, STATE INCOME
1: TAX uh, IN A FEW YEARS. WE ARE. IT'S BASED ON TRIGGERS, AND THAT WOULD BE, IT HAS TO DO WITH THE SURPLUS, plus THE AMOUNT OF MONEY THAT'S COMING IN THROUGH SALES TAX AND THROUGH OTHER AVENUES FOR uh, tax as we bring in uh, income for the state and so as each trigger is met you will have a reduction of a half percent in the income tax uh, the first trigger will have been met by 20 uh, by july or january 1 of 2023 so we'll see a half percent reduction in income tax starting then but as long as those triggers are met then the reduction will happen if they're not met then there will be no reduction so,
0: in other words, the, the the revenue has to be there in order to keep the state uh, afloat.
1: I mean, if you if, if the revenue disappears, then those triggers will disappear. That's exactly right. We're not just going to level it, bring it, bring out the income tax without having some type of, of, of investment coming back in.
0: You pushed for, in fact, you were the lead on this in in pushing for tighter restrictions on recipients of public assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, opponents said it uh, it would have cost more to do what you proposed uh, then it would have saved. Are you satisfied with what did get through even though you had to scale it back so?
1: I'm satisfied, yes. I mean, it's a start. Um, this is the way legislation goes. You start with a, a very aggressive agenda and, and that you would like to see happen. It may not be the result at the end of the session through compromise and through working with others on it. And that's what happened. We got to a very good place, I think, at the end of this session with that bill. But uh, I would like to see it a little stronger but uh, it's a good starting point and we also got a task force in there that is going to look at all of our public assistance uh, programs also look at what can we do to help bridge the bridge insurance uh, gap that we have where folks don't want to come off medicaid because they're afraid they're going to lose health insurance so we're going to look at that we're also going to look at child care and figure out ways that we can bridge those gaps as well uh, and and if that task group feels that we need to map some stronger policies in place next time around, then we'll see that as well.
0: Are you convinced that there are a lot of people who
1: uh, game the system? I don't know about gaming the system uh, in, in terms of always trying to do something illegal. I think that there are quite a few folks right now on Medicaid who, who don't belong there, who, who don't qualify. The reason for that is right now, uh, hospitals do what's called presumptive eligibility where they allow uh, folks to give a statement on how much they make in income and if they determine that the income is less than what would qualify, then they go ahead and put them on Medicaid. Uh, at that point, the cabinet is supposed to follow up and do actual checks on that, which doesn't always get done to satisfaction. And we end up with some folks on the rolls who may not need to be there. Uh, and right now, we worked with uh, the uh, with UK, the Gatton Academy on, on some things. Uh, in this reform package, and they estimate between about 150 to 200,000 are ineligible on Medicaid right now.
0: You gave uh, raises, uh, substantial raises, to state police and to most uh, state employees. Uh, Lawmakers also got a raise, whoever's elected next year, Uh, but teachers uh, were not guaranteed a raise. Uh, How did the discussion arrive at that decision?
1: Well, that was a discussion that came about. There's there's actually quite a bit of money that has been placed into the districts that can provide raises if they so see so fit. Uh, the reason that, that happened is there was a lot of discussion that came along with the superintendent's association, the school board association, and like the school administrators as well, who said, don't mandate a raise make that money go flow through the district and let each district decide on what's best for them. Because there were some districts in the last year or so they've given raises, some districts have not. So those districts that gave may say, okay, we don't need to give as much of a raise this year. So other districts may need to give a larger raise. But also what happens when we force them or mandate them to give that raise, there's also additional costs that come along with that. There's retirement matches, there's insurance costs that goes along with that, matches in insurance. And so some of those districts that are smaller may not be able to afford those increases. So by letting each district decide what's best for them is, is absolutely the way to do it. There's a
0: funding mechanism for charter schools in place now. Do you have any lingering concerns about charter schools uh, hurting traditional public schools?
1: I don't because the place that charter schools are going to come are your larger areas. Uh, those folks that uh, parents who are really wanting that school choice, the religious leaders who are asking for that school choice. But also, um, it's not exactly accurate that that hasn't been funded. Uh, A couple of years ago, we passed the Open Borders Act. And because uh, charter schools are considered public schools, uh, money would follow the child. So that has been funded for quite some time now. This bill, simply when you look down, look at this bill on on the finalization of and what it does, it really creates a pilot program in Louisville and Northern Kentucky to see Uh, what those charter schools really do. We hear the argument on both sides that they're bad, and we hear the argument on the other side that they're good, Uh, and this is gonna give us the opportunity to gather the data that we need to to make an informed decision on it.
0: There were uh, several pieces of uh, conservative social legislation. The abortion restrictions are tight, virtually no exceptions. Was there a a lot of consideration in, in how that bill was drafted?
1: Uh, there was a that, that bill had been worked on for quite some time by Nancy Tate and some others uh, in the legislature. That that bill, of course, you have to look at other laws. There are other laws that exempt rape and incest. I know that was a big talking point while we were on the floor. Uh, but the bill primarily looks at uh, the, the 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 abortion pill uh, first and foremost. And because of the the Food and Drug Administration's policy changes over the last few months. Uh, now it's much easier to get that drug, uh, as easy as just getting on the Internet, ordering it, and having it be delivered to your home. matter of fact, Representative Tate mentioned on the floor that she actually did that, made that order to see how quickly it would come. And just a few days later it came, no doctors, uh, no, no prescription, nothing from a doctor in order to get it. Uh, so there was some, some regulations placed on that, and then, of course, the 15-week the heartbeat bill was included in that as well.
0: And that is something that will have you watching the Supreme Court this summer. Uh, on uh, Medical marijuana uh, was not passed this time. It passed the House again. Uh, it uh, didn't uh, pass in the Senate, and, and Governor Bashir's has indicated he may take uh, some kind of action. He apparently is appointing a group to, to study it and so forth. You voted for medical marijuana two years ago and against it in this session. Right. What changed your mind?
1: Well, I think that last time we proved that... It was a very difficult vote for some, vote for some folks. We proved that we can take that vote in the House, pass it on to the Senate. I and I felt that uh, the first and foremost need to be some more support in the Senate. But also, since that time, I, I understand that there are some very good qualities, uh, medical qualities, that that are associated with uh, marijuana. However, um, over the last year I've had a lot of discussion with some of our hemp processors who feel that if we will change some laws for them uh, to allow them uh, to, to create the THC throughout the process of, of hemp when uh, they process that there's a spike in the THC and at that point uh, they're saying that if we will allow them to be able to use use the product at that point that they can do a lot of these things that were in that bill and they can do it with hemp which would be beneficial to not only our hemp farmers but but all of Kentucky that need that uh, that medicine. But also, uh, we've already got the regulations in place for that, we've already got the processor in place, we've already got the growers in place, so it would be a much quicker process if we were to go that route. What did not happen in the session that you uh, would, would like to have seen or that you think remains uh, for next year? Uh, well, I, I'm not, I, I really don't know of anything that didn't happen that I would like to see um, other than we, we need to, Well, I will say this. There is an issue here uh, with bridging the gap, as I said, with childcare and also with medical care uh, for those on public assistance. And we need to figure out a way to help them transition off of that, because there are a lot of folks that want to go back to work, that want to increase their pay, but simply can't do it because they're afraid they're either going to lose their health insurance or they're not going to have the child care that they need. So- the, the, the Democrats push hard for, for
0: pre-K education and, and, and thought that that could have been funded. There was money. There's obviously money left over uh, that could have been applied to that. Uh, Republicans had no appetite for that
1: pre-k is something that varies from district to district there are some districts that are really ready for that and want the funding for that there are other districts that are not uh, that don't have the staffing and are not capable of going ahead and and, and getting a full pre-K program established. And so that's, that's why you see a little bit of a mixed emotion, I think, when it comes to pre-K. Uh, I think it's very beneficial and uh, would love to be able to do something in the future, but we have to work with the districts to make sure that they can do what they need to do.
0: Governor Bashir recently announced uh, another major employer, a battery plant, car battery plant near Bowling Green's, 2,000 jobs, 5,000 jobs in the E-Town area from Ford Battery Plants. Can we fill the jobs in Kentucky that, uh, that, that are coming
1: in? Well, Kentucky is filled with great people and and with hard work ethic, and I think that we can. Uh, But that is part of the reason that we have implemented some of these things like unemployment insurance reform, like the welfare reform, is to try to help with that workforce participation. We're 49th in the nation right now in workforce participation. We were 48th in... Uh, December, which we dropped to 49th in January, meaning one state has worse workforce participation than we do. Uh, so we need to increase those numbers to get that workforce ready. Uh, that's the primary thing that folks want when they bring a, a business to your state is they want a ready, willing, and able workforce and an educated workforce as well. And so we've got a little work to do in that area. But uh, I think by the time it's all said and done, yes, we will have the the folks for that
0: speaker pro tem Mead. thanks for coming we appreciate it very much i appreciate it hope you'll stay with us on kentucky newsmakers we'll get another perspective on the session from lexington state senator reggie thomas a democrat when we come right back We welcome you back to Kentucky Newsmakers and glad you're with us. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. Joining us now is Democratic State Senator Reggie Thomas of Lexington. Democrats had a tough scenario during the session, being far outnumbered in both chambers. It was hard for their ideas to get traction or in some cases to even be heard. Senator Thomas was one of the voices who spoke out as Republicans easily pushed through and then overrode vetoes on issues including abortion, how history is taught, transgender sports players, charters Schools and many others, and he is joining us here to talk about that. Senator, welcome. We appreciate you coming in very Bill, much.
2: Bill, it's good to be back again. Good I, to
0: see you. I suspect we'll get a little different perspective from you than from Speaker Pro Tem mead when we talk about the session.
2: Well, that, that that's probably likely, Bill. <laughs> <How> <laughs> that's do probably you, likely.
0: How do you describe the uh, just concluded session of the
2: General Assembly? Do you feel that it moved Kentucky forward, Bill? I would characterize this session, and have characterized this session as one of missed opportunities. Uh, I think we missed a tremendous opportunity in the field of education. Uh, uh, we could have uh, provided universal pre-K to all students here at Kentucky, beginning at age four. Uh, and Bill, what studies show over and over again is that the greatest impact in terms of having an educated uh, society and educated workforce is not putting more money in the higher education, although we need to put more money in higher education, don't misunderstand me, but to get children into school early, you know, teach them how to, to read, you know, how to uh, understand basic mathematical concepts, get them used to socialization with other children, that's where you get your biggest bang for your buck. And, and those children that get into school earlier uh, tend to be healthier, uh, you know, tend to, uh, uh, be better educated, have more satisfying lives. Just a whole host of good things happen when you uh, get children to school earlier. And, and we had the money to do that, Bill, and we just didn't do that.
0: Kentucky would have been far ahead of most states in, in doing that had we done it. Though.
2: Oh, oh, oh it, yes. You would, and you wanted us to be there. I've, I've been an advocate of universal pre-K since I arrived in Frankfort. Because it does a lot of good. You, you look at those states, Bill. If you take the states that have the best educational outcomes, uh, uh, pre-K through 12, all of them offer universal early child education. You know, um, you know, we could have. It, it, it would only cost us, Bill, 172 million dollars. You know, for a two-year session. That's all it would have cost. 172 million dollars.
0: And you believe that that brings lifelong
2: benefits? I, I know it does. You know, j- j- just read what what. Your know, educational studies say about universal pre-K and what it does uh, to children as they uh, advance through uh, education their school their school years.
0: Senator, the budget uh, did invest in, in raises and projects. Uh, state police got a substantial raise. Higher education did get tens of millions of dollars yes. uh, after years of cuts or level funding. Uh, do you think that the, the the spending plan was was adequate given the revenue? Uh, if you set this. Issue aside that you've already said,
2: pre-K. Well, Bill, you know, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. There were some good things we did. Again, I, while well, I say we we really missed the boat, we missed opportunities. I think the best thing we did was that we did value workers. You talked about the pay raise of 10%. We gave we gave Kentucky State Police, you know, we gave social workers an additional 10% plus. A, 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 an increase of uh, $2,400. We gave state employees 8%. And in addition to to all of those workers, state police, social workers, uh, state workers, we set aside an additional 12% for the 23-24 fiscal year based upon a study that's gonna be conducted by the Kentucky Personnel Cabinet about the significance and importance of each job. So that is the one good thing we did. We, We did show support for our state workers and, 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 and valued them and gave them more money, except, Bill, except for teachers. It, it, it's like this this session, we just thumbed our noses up at teachers and said, you don't you didn't matter. We didn't give teachers a pay raise at all, even though the governor in his budget called for a 5% pay raise for teachers.
0: Do you think that was uh, purely political?
2: <laughs> Bill, <laughs> Everything we do down there is political. It has some political motivation one way or the other. So, so, yes, I think what's political, absolutely I do.
0: Speaker Pro Tem David Mead, uh, who also appeared on this program, pushed for tighter controls on public assistance and got some of it. Uh, there was a compromise. Some of the things that he wanted did not happen in the, in the eventual bill. Do you have lingering concerns about uh, the, the crackdown on those who may be gaming the system, as he
2: uh, says he's concerned about Bill, I think that that is a, an overused and underproven term uh, the, the testimony we received and what we saw was that the, the amount of fraud in food stamps the amount of fraud in, in Medicaid bill is, is significantly less than one uh, percent uh, something like 800ths of one percent I mean the, the, the number of fraud cases that we've established in this state is, is the fraction is so small compared to the the the, the uh, uh, number of people, 108,000 people who receive those benefits. I mean, it's just, it's 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 a very very small fraction. You know, Bill, what we did was basically, you know, who we gained were the poor people, in my opinion. I mean, uh, the cutbacks in Medicaid, the, the cutbacks in food stamps. I mean, I, I said I I said um, when asked about this question before. I said, if you're poor in this state, your road out of poverty just got more treacherous after what we did with those house bills.
0: There were numerous conservative social issues that were easily passed by the Republican majority and then overridden when the governor vetoed those. Abortion has been effectively suspended in Kentucky for now. First
2: state, first state in this country that that has now Eliminated abortion uh, uh, in the state. You know, I, I, I don't know how how to how to respond to that, Bill. I think women. I just fundamentally believe that women should have control over their own bodies. Women should be able to decide. You know, you know, you know how they want to, uh, you know, deal with health issues such as reproductive care. That's a woman's decision. That's not a state decision. That's a woman's decision, Bill. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's honorable to say now that um, you know, women don't have that choice here in Kentucky. Let me tell you what's gonna happen, Bill. If you're wealthy or if you have some means, you're, you're still going, if you, if, and, and you find yourself in a, um, an, an unwanted pregnancy situation, you're still gonna be able to get an abortion. It just don't happen in Kentucky. But you can go to some other state and get that done. but if if you're poor or your resources are limited and and you don't want to have this child, because once you have it, the state's going to ignore you at that point. We want want these women to have these babies, but then we don't want to take care of them as as we just talked about with uh, eliminating food stamps, eliminating Medicare. Now, Now, just think about that for a minute, Bill. We, on the one hand, said we're going to limit food stamps. We're going to limit Medicaid. And then we say, on the other hand, but if you find yourself in a one to pregnancy situation, you've got to have the child. Well, who's going to take care of the child, Bill? I mean, how, 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 how is that child going to receive adequate food, you know, adequate care, adequate housing, adequate education? Now, we have, we, we have a lot of social ills, Bill, here in this state. And we need to address them, but we're going about it in, the, in, 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 in a very backwards way.
0: You also uh, gave voice on the floor and, and elsewhere uh, when there were some rules passed about uh, teaching history. The legislature has prescribed readings now that uh, that uh, should be taught, and and how the past should be related to students.
2: Well, let's begin with with the well accepted fact that. We don't teach critical race theory here in Kentucky in our public schools. We don't teach it anywhere in public schools across this country. So let, let's begin there, that it's not being taught, okay? So once you establish that fact, then, then, then what's your agenda, Bill? What's your agenda? Are, are you trying to change the narrative of history? Are you trying to say that, that, that some things aren't being taught because somehow they don't make people feel good? I mean, what, what, what's really the point here? And then, Bill, what makes it really bad is that you now have a statutory curriculum that says, you, you're gonna teach these 24 or 25 you know, different you know, books or treatises um, and give the impression that this is what has to be taught in English class or, or history class. And if you don't teach it, then, then, then somehow you, know, you can be reprimanded uh, or uh, disciplined for doing that. <laughs> I just think you have to trust teachers to teach, you know. And if you're a parent and somehow your child comes comes back home with something that's questionable, you're always free to go see the teacher and say, "Why is this being taught?" and have the teacher explain to you why the teacher is doing this. Kentucky State
0: University uh, got financial rescue and a new board. Do you think the historically black university uh, will take advantage of this moment and 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 right its
2: ship? I do. I do. And and. I think, to some extent, that Kentucky University got, you know, has gotten um, a, a bad rap because the the bottom line feels that Kentucky Kentucky State University is an accredited university. It just got accredited two years ago. You know, the the uh, certain Association of, of Colleges and Schools that accredits you know uh, universities you know gave Kentucky State University a passing grade. Said, okay, you are an accredited institution, so it's accredited. Okay, now. It has some financial problems. Uh, you know, part of that was administrative. I don't deny that. But part of that bill too is the historic underfunding that not just Kentucky State, but HBCUs across this country have experienced. You know, over 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 decades and centuries. So, uh, yes, I think Kentucky University will ride its ship. I think it'll come out of out of this in in, in, in good fashion. Not only did. Uh, the state gave it the money to to get out of a hole, but it gave, him, it gave him an additional 15 million dollars to say, you know, go forward and and, and let's make some advancements.
0: Senator, a very limited medical marijuana bill was passed in the House. It did not uh, uh, in the Senate to get through. Uh, Governor Bashir has hinted that he may try something, possibly an executive action. Are you supportive of that? Uh,
2: oh, absolutely. People want it. People want it. Uh, and 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 Bill. When you hear issues, and I don't want to get too far ahead of you, but when you hear statements made like there aren't the votes um, to pass medical marijuana or to pass sports gaming, uh, I don't think that's really true. I I think what... people may be saying is that there aren't sufficient majorities in the Republican caucuses to pass it, but I think if you brought that to the floor with the Democrat support on, on it, it would pass.
0: Let me ask you this, and our time has flown. This I know, is my I final know, question. I know, I know. How, uh, how frustrating is it for you uh, as, as a Democrat and and uh, to be in such a minority position in Frankfurt that uh, uh, your ideas are seldom heard, uh, and then come election time there's little at Attempt to remedy that because the Democrats didn't file enough candidates to make much difference?
2: Well, Bill, let me say this, and I say this all the time. I ran for this position. You know, I sacrificed to get here. Uh, I got elected. So I I am not going to complain about the position I find myself in because I, I asked for this job, you know, and I try to do this job. You know, obviously, at this point, particularly being in Democratic leadership, you know, one of my responsibilities is, is to try to find candidates uh, who uh, you know can support positions that the, the Democrats can't support can support governor Bashir and, and the fine efforts he's done in his two years in office um, um, and, 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 and and have more of an influential voice um, in, in our legislature that's my role will uh, I do, can't speak for the house do you want to be the floor leader <laughs> bill Bill. <laughs> Right now, my my focus is on getting Democrats elected. I've got to get some Democrats elected, uh, state Senate Democrats elected this fall, and then we'll go from there. Ask me me again in
0: December. Senator, thanks for coming. We appreciate it. All right, right. And and we'll take you up on it. We'll ask in December. Ask ask me again in
2: December. (laughs)